word God has given to us this year was from Isaiah 60, verse 1 through 3. It says, Arise, shine, for, the, for your light has come, and the glory of the Lord has risen upon you. For behold, the darkness covers the earth, and deep, and deep darkness the people. But the Lord will rise upon you, he says, and his glory will appear upon you. Nations will come to your light, and kings to the brightness of your rising. So I've been praying through this week, and I've been praying uh, for the God's word for this week and to uh, share with you. And in my prayer, God highlighted a phrase, light, light, the, light the lamp. I knew it was exactly from Luke chapter 15, one of the, one of the well-known parables, the parable of the lost coin. And so what I want to do today is really look into the passage, and hear what God is saying to us. Uh, that Luke chapter 15, most people, one of the, it is one of the most well-known passages in the Bible. It is a passage where it includes three parables, the parable of the lost sheep, the lost coins, and the lost son or the prodigal son. It, it really speaks to one of the core messages of the gospel in the Bible. It speaks to the heart of our God. It speaks really to who we are called to be to live our life. It's a well-known passage. I know you heard it many times. I know I spoke on it many times. But today, we want to highlight focus really on the middle part of the parable, the lost coin. By the way, parable is a familiar story. It's used to teach a spiritual lesson. Jesus used parables to reveal God's truth to those who want to learn, want to understand, but to conceal to those who were indifferent, who didn't care. Jesus used the parable often in the Bible to really declare God's truth to us. Let's come to God in prayer. Father, we come before you right now in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. We thank you for your grace. We thank you for this day we come, God. I thank you. You have reminded me the snow is really a sign, reminder of your revelation, how you reveal your hearts to us, God. We love you, we honor, we gather this day to worship you, to draw near. Our desire is not only to hear a good message, we want to see your face, hear your, your voice, we want to experience and count to the living God that you are, that you will draw near. Come, Lord God. Speak to us, God. Meet with us here. In the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, we pray. Amen. Amen. Let me begin. Today's text is from Luke chapter 15, verse 8 through 10. If you have a Bible with you, I would love, I would love for you to open it. And I know these days people do not carry Bibles. If you want to open your Bible app, that will be fine. I'd rather that you have a Bible with you, although I don't have a Bible with me on, on this pulpit. I brought my tablet, so we'll look at it together. What I want to do really is share a few thoughts on that passage. I really believe God has a word for us today. Let me begin. Let me just read it once, the verse 8 through, uh, 8 through 10. If you guys can help me, I'll, I'll not use up. Uh, I'll, I'll let you guys help me. Oh, what woman... 
if she has ten silver coins and loses one coin, does not light a lamp and sweep the house and search carefully until she finds it. When she has found it, she calls together her friends and neighbors saying, Rejoice with me, for I have found the coin which I had lost. In the same way I tell you, there is joy in the presence of the angels of God over one sinner who repents. So, but actually, this, this, is, this parable is really in, in the middle of three stories in the middle and really begins with the line in, in verse 1. Let me just read that verse line, chapter 15, verse 1. Um, it says, now all the tax collectors and sinners were coming near to him, meaning Jesus, to listen to him. Both the Pharisees and the scribes began to grumble, saying, this man receives sinners and eats with them. So he told them this parable saying. Then he goes on to three different stories. And a couple of things I want to mention in this, it says here, because, so it's a so Jesus told a parable. He told a parable to this uh, people who are gathered, especially to the Pharisees and scribes, because they are grumbling. Because many heard, many saw what Christ is doing. Many were coming to him, thus, and including what they call sinners and tax collectors. They hated tax collectors those days also. And sinners, those who are, you know, and people deemed as uh, 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 evil, uh, sinful, whatever it might be. And they were coming. And the religious leaders thought, they, don't, they shouldn't be here. And they didn't deserve to be here. And they looked at Jesus. Jesus seemed to be welcoming them and being cozy with them. And they were thinking, why would a holy teacher do this thing? Don't they? Doesn't he know they are wicked, evil people? What are you doing? And because of that, Jesus speaks these amazing stories. But if you look at it, it says in verse 3, he, so he told them this parable, not parables, one parable. It just dawned on me. I didn't realize. I studied this thing, passage again. I realized Jesus said, is it, it told one parable. Meaning all these three stories Together are, is a one parable. It's all together is making a one important point, and which climaxes at the end when Jesus gave the story about the lost son, actually lost sons and the father. But I want to, today I want to really focus on the middle part of the story, the lost coin. There's a lost sheep, you know the story, that a shepherd had hundred sheep, and one was missing. And the story Jesus told was that if a, if a man has a hundred sheep, one is lost, wouldn't he go out to leave the 99 in the field and go after the one lost sheep? Wouldn't he, go to that, wouldn't he do that? When he finds a sheep, she rejoices and, and carries a sheep on his shoulder and brings back and he rejoices and tells people, hey, come and rejoice with me because I found the, I found the sheep that was lost. And in, in, in the story goes to say, even the same way there is rejoicing in heaven when one sinner repents more than the others who are righteous, who doesn't need to repent. The, the, the last story, portion of this parable, the story is about a son 
younger son of this father who had two sons who does his own thing and walks away taking the inheritance and, and living his wild life in, in, in the far country. You know the story, how he loses everything. He's down in the gutters and, you know, and, and, and the pit. He had nowhere to go. And he comes to his senses, returns to the father. And father welcomes him and welcomes him back as a son. And the story, now in the middle part of the story is probably the most unknown part of the story. The lost coin. I found these pictures. This is, you know, this is sort of a picture. I, I found the picture. When I Google searched, I found this picture. And this is even true even now in the Palestinian area. When a, a young woman marries, she'll have one of the, the garments she'll have is headdresses where they will have coins on the head. And, and so you see the another one. Said, this is another depiction. This actually is not... Palestinian, this is the Akka people in Thailand. They do that as when woman marries. They have in their one of the headdresses, it will be their coins on it. Speaks of their marriage, and often they have this coins. Which one is a, a drachma, which is one day's wage. Sort of like a security in their life, the diary they take into to the marriage. This is what they're talking about. And, and this woman had ten coins. And one is lost. This is a story. It's not just you have, you have you know, 10 quarters, we have lost one. This is very significant. There's a value in it. Sentimental value as well as monetary value. Important values to this coin. And she, this woman, lost one of the coins. That's the story here. And the second thought is this. This woman searched carefully until she finds it. That's the story. Now, interesting thing I want to mention is, first part of the story, parable Jesus told was about the sheep. They says, there's a man who has a ten, who has a sheep, hundred sheep. Now, second part of the story is, oh, there's a woman who has ten coins. And the third part of the story is, there's a father who has two sons. Interestingly, this, in the story Jesus involves man and woman. It's not just man, it's man and woman. He says, woman lost a coin in the house. And she searches diligently for it. And the, the way it is used really is, oh, what woman, if she has ten silver coins and loses one? You remember the picture we had? How she has headdresses and one of the coins is missing? Does not light a lamp. And sweep the house. And search carefully until she finds it. It's just interestingly, when we think about the first portion of the parable, the, good, the sh shepherd and the sheep, often we said, that shepherd speaks of Jesus. And the third part of the parable, the father, you often see that as a father God. Here it's in the second part of the story, a woman who searches for the house Often sin is a sort of image of Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit. And so you see, whole triune God is involved in seeking and finding and saving the lost. Think about this. Sheep got lost. And coin got lost. Coin didn't rule out by himself, got lost. Got lost 
you know, not on his not on his own fault. But the son rebelled consciously, intentionally rebelled against the father. He walked away, got lost by himself. It's all fault. Now the coin probably didn't know it was lost. Sheep may have had a little sense that I'm not with the other sheep. The son knew he was lost, willfully, consciously and deliberately. Now people are lost in many different ways and often we do not even know we are lost. We do not even know that we need God. We are in a places where in a difficult places where things are horrible. And here she says here, she sweeps the house. You know, and so you, you, can, you can actually see a, a coin, you're looking for a coin, and, 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 and lost coin. Now you, are, you can see her moving everything and sweeping under the floor to make sure she can find the thing. Sweeping. Here I think, imagery here, I think it is up speaking really about the gospel. I think that maybe the broom is like the gospel that goes. In Romans chapter 1, verse 16, it says, the gospel is the power of salvation to those who believe. Right? And also it says Romans chapter 10, how can they believe? How can they believe in whom they have not, how, how, they, how can they call on him who, who they have not believed? How will they believe in him whom they have not heard? And how will they hear without a preacher? You see, the Bible says Jesus came to seek and save the lost. You see here, in, but here in the God, in the, as she sheeps the, the uh, house with the, with the broom, the gospel goes forth. And how can they hear anybody here and find hope that is in God without somebody speaking the word and bringing the gospel? And you know, before, before that, it says, she light, lit, uh, lighted the lamp. She lit the lamp before she swept the house with the broom. I, that, that light, lighting the lamp, I, I believe speaks of illumination by Holy Spirit. There's a prayer portion Paul prays in Ephesians chapter 1 verse 8. He says, I pray that the eyes of your heart may be enlightened so that, so that you may know what is the hope of his calling or are the riches of the glory of his inheritance in the saints. He prays that people's eyes will be open to see and understand who God is, what God is doing. Somebody said this. We should talk to God about men and women and children before we talk to men about God. Talk to God about people before you talk to people about God. Interesting, interesting. this week as I pray, you know, every morning I take time to pray. One of the morning, I pray one of the mornings and I was praying through a, a name in our church came to my mind. And after morning prayer, I, 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 you know, I decided to Facebook message him. Yes, I'm old, I still use Facebook. Facebook messaged him. Realized that is his birthday. Got to talk with him that, that morning. And he, I haven't seen him for a while. We talked for a while. And God does that. 
We pray the Holy Spirit open people's heart. Also, we pray that Holy Spirit will guide us, lead us to really love people, share the gospel, and, and, and share God's love with people. There's a story that I, I, I read about Smith Wigglesworth. He is a well-known revival preacher and, and signs and wonder man of God in early 20th century. The story goes, a friend of Wigglesworth was with him one day. Wigglesworth said, let's go to the park. And they went out to the park and sat on a stone bench. A little later, a man came by and sat near them. Wigglesworth spoke with them and ended up sharing the gospel with them and praying for the guy. And after a while, that man left. Wigglesworth said, we can go now. He sensed Holy Spirit wanting him to, to go to a certain place. He obeyed. I believe these things happen even now. Holy Spirit leads us, guides us to talk to people and, and share the gospel. If you obey, listen, this should be normal things that happen in our lives. And here a woman went and searched, searched for that coin until she found it. She began to look in the house. She began to sweep all over the house looking for the coin and lit the lamp until she found it. The third, a fourth thought is this. This coin was lost in the house. Not in the, in the house. Sheep was lost in the field. The son was lost in the far country. But this coin was lost in the house. And for me, this is what God was highlighting to me. Very significant. Lit the, house, lit the, the, lit the light, lamp and the light in the house. And look for the ones that was lost. This was very interesting thing is some, some people find it very controversial. In Matthew chapter 15, it says, Jesus says, I was sent only to the lost sheep of the house of Israel. In Matthew chapter 10, when Jesus sends out his disciples out to preach, he tells them, do not go in the way of the Gentiles and do not enter any city of the Samaritans, but rather go to the lost sheep of the house of Israel. It's very interesting, in the, in the, day, in the times of Jesus, he only stayed within Judea, and, Judea and, and, and Israel area. He didn't go outside. He, didn't, he said, I came to preach the gospel and bring the good news to the what they call the children of Israel, sons of Israel, not beyond. So people are saying, is Jesus, is Jesus being you know, ethnocentric or, or nationalistic? You know, that's not true because his disciples, when Jesus resurrected and ascended, he said, go to the older world. But Jesus, when you look at, his, when you look at Jesus, he has priorities always in, first priority was in the house first. Want to make sure that his house, people in the house were found. Those sons in Israel was to be found and be saved. Why? For the sake, on the behalf of the nations. God, what God was really reminding me was, speaking to my heart was, at hope, you know, with, with, you know about a year of COVID-19, we were not able to meet up with people when we are not able to connect all the people. And there are people that have been sort of lost like lost coin, not used anymore. Those who have been neglected on the corner. And often we do not know where they are, how they are doing. And even, as, even in our family, even our relatives, those who may be lost, even those around us, 
God is saying, light the lamp. Begin to sweep the floor and look for the lost coin. For the sake that we can really reach the beyond too. But do not forget, God is highlighting us to look for those within first of all and look for the lost coins in our midst. Amen? You know, I believe in missions. I believe preaching the gospel to all the people. That does not mean we do not we neglect those within the house. We do need to look out for those in the house. We do need to see those who are lost even within us. You see, not everyone who comes to service are Christians. Not everyone who is, some people may be near in proximity, but they are not saved yet. Just because you're sincere or religious doesn't mean you are saved. You need to be born again. You need to be born of the Holy Spirit. You need to be born of God. And there are many even within our community who may be still lost, who are not really in the Lord our God in His grace and mercy. The fifth thought is this. We need community. This is so important in our days. With COVID-19, one of the things that happened was people are separated we are afraid to go out anywhere. We do not connect with people anymore. We do not know where people are. And one of the things the enemy does is one of the things the enemy does is to separate, isolate people. I'm old. One of the reasons I one of the signs that I'm old is I love watching those National Geographic and things. You know what I mean? I love watching those things. I remember watching those. I remember it was was I think uh, I think uh, is it pack up? Is it? I don't know, is the pride of an alliance? The pride of alliance, right? They're going at, they're, they're really trying to, they're really uh, going after wall, uh, wild, was it wildebees? Wallabies. Wallabies, right? Wallabies, right? Thousands of them. And the way they did it, they will run, chase, and they will isolate one. They really isolate one, and, and until and they, so they take one apart from the group and go after one. One of the strategies strategy the enemy uses is separate people from one another and isolate them. Isolate them. And make them vulnerable. You see, being isolated leads to bizarre thinking. Really, and, and, and here we see, if we, think, we look at it very carefully, when the sheep was, lost sheep was found, he was restored to the other sheep. When the son was restored, his son was restored to the father and the household of household. The coin was restored to the other coins. It was brought into community. God's plan is to rescue and save us and make us part of believing community. One of my favorite uh, Bible teachers in the country, there are a number of them. One of them is Alistair uh, uh, Begg. Alistair Begg. He is in, I believe, in Ohio, I, I believe. Cleveland, Ohio, I believe. And he, I like to listen to his messages. I, 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 I do use a lot of his resources. He put on his, uh, in a, in, on their website, they stopped doing live streaming to people. He, what he said was, we believe, you know, and I, I, he, said, he realized how people are tuning, tuning into their live stream. And he, a lot of people are saying we are joining in from all different places. And they feel like becoming comfortable. 
So they just church, they literally decided not to do live stream. You know, and, and they would have the uh, sermons available on their website, but not live stream. Why? Because we said, I believe in the community, believe in local churches. We are not to take what local church is doing. And he said, I'm worried about how people being comfortable with just join online, as if, as, almost like a Uber Eats. And you, and you somehow you do not be a part of a community. And you think you come, could come and go. And there is no commitment. And there is no growth. God saves his people, saves people, and brings them into the believing community. One of my favorite verses in, uh, is in the Bible, is Psalm 68.6. It says, God makes a home for lonely. He leads out the prisoners into prosperity. Prosperity, only the rebellious dwell in a past land. I remember uh, one, one, I remember a few years ago, in one, in one of my morning prayers, God highlighted that passage to me. And that Sunday, I felt I should use it as a, the, the, at the beginning of my message, I shared that. I said, you know what? God spoke this word to me. God makes home for the lonely. There was a brand new guy in our church service. He came afterward, he came to me and said, I, this is what I've been thinking about this whole week. And God gave me, okay, reminded me this word. That's why I came back to church. And I remember here and I talked about it. And I said, I remember uh, this verse has a very important place in my heart. But I found another version, NLT, which is even better. It says, God placed the lonely in families. Not only bring them in home, but God, God placed them in families. He sets the prisoners free and gives them joy, but he makes the rebellious live in a sun-scorched land. You see, church family is important. For two reasons I, was, I want to mention, the two reasons I want to mention. One is, it's for our spiritual growth. For our spiritual growth. Ephesians chapter 4, verse 16, it says, from whom the whole body, whole building, being fitted and held together by, by, by what every joint supplies, according to proper work of each individual part, causes the growth of the body for the building up itself in love. So when he says the, the, the body of Christ, every part is connected. When every part does its work, they, 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 the proper work, then it will grow itself together in love. When every one, every part, work together, do their part. Spiritual growth happens in the body of Christ. Psalm 92, 13, those who are planted in the house of the Lord shall flourish in the courts of our God. Amen? I, I love that verse. You see, church community is important for our spiritual growth. Second reason is this. Church family is important for our safety. I mentioned you already how the enemy loves to separate us, isolate us. We need to be connected. We need to be together in the family of God. In Proverbs 18.1, one who isolates himself pursues selfish desires. He rebels against all sound wisdoms. We need to be connected. We need to be connected is for our safety. The church community is needed, important. Fifth thought here is this. The value of the coin. 
You see, woman search, searched for the, the lost coin as if there was no other coin. The shepherd left 99 in the field to look for one. The father went, the, the father was waiting for a son, the lost son. As if, as if there was, he didn't have the son who stayed whole time, as if he was the only son. You see, God so loved the world, but he is interested in one. God is interested in you and me. He is interested in our story. He will move heaven and earth to reach one. God doesn't see a crowd. God doesn't see crowds. God sees individuals. Isn't that what this, the parables are about? And you know, when I, I was really thinking of praying through this thing. God reminded me, look in the gospel. How Jesus went after one. And while he's going, going with the people all over the all around him, he sees one man on the sycamore tree, Zacchaeus. He will take time out of his schedule, intentionally go to look for a, a woman in Samaria. Out of the way, just to, for that woman. And Jesus does it all the time. Our God sees each individual. He never, he, you are never a faceless person in the sea of humanity to God. You are never a number in an endless list to God. There's a story in the Bible that I love. I love so many stories in the Bible anyway. In Genesis 16, there is a young woman named Hagar. She is a maidservant to Sarai. Sarah, you know, Sarah and married to Abraham, and she, she can, they don't have a baby, and she thought, I'll have a baby through my maid servant, Hagar, and published as a young woman, and gave her to him. He didn't, he didn't say anything, he didn't, you know, he, he didn't say no. He, and then this young woman got pregnant, and Sarah now is treated horribly, terribly, and that probably young woman, she finally runs away because of the harassment she's getting at home, runs away, and she's in the wilderness and by some brook, and nearby there's a well, and she's hopeless, nowhere to go. And she's probably wondering, what, what am I going to do? And angels appears to her and talks to her and, and speaks to her about the baby she's carrying in a, in a, in a womb. And there she says, El, El Roy, she says, God, you are God who sees. And she named the place Beer Laha Roy, the well of the living one who sees me. I love the story. She, in the, in the biblical picture, that we, Hagar was not a main character at all, but yet God sees her in a difficult place, in a pain. God sees her. And speaks to her kindly and he promises so as well. Our God is God who sees. God sees and God knows you. We have, we have known this in our church. Probably in 2001 and when Pastor Bob began to come to us with pro prophetic understanding and teaching us about prophetic things. Well, he really, what we really taught us was prophetic is simply God saying, I know you. I care about you. And I plan for you. 
And I, I, we have seen many stories. We, we have seen many, many of God's words like that. He sees, you know, he sees you in your needs. He sees you in your desperation. He sees you in your confusion. He wants to help you. Our God who sees, who loves us, that God. There's a story that you know, I read about Ronald Bonke. He's called uh, Apostle to Africa. This was the days when, you know, this is one of the accounts I read was, this is when the crowds was not as big, only about 100,000. Later down there, it'll be half a million, a million, a couple millions to gather his crusades. In the middle of the one crusade, during the message, he stopped and did something very odd. He stopped and said, there is a young man here named John. At 100,000? There must be hundreds of John. Duh. And he says, he is a, he, here is a man named John. God has heard you. Then he went back to his message. When he, when he was done in message, a lot of people responded to a call and they, and they come out to be receive prayers. And to tell the story, one of the young men who came, this is guy bawling and crying and, and, and everything coming out of his body, you know, nose and eyes, whatever, everything. He, he, you know, he, and he, and he, had, he was broken. He had a radical conversion that night. He told the people, my mother made me come. I told her this is fake. It's all, everything is fake here. There's nothing, there's nothing here. I told mother, only way I will believe this is real is, and the gospel is real and the God is real is, if the preacher calls my name from the pulpit, his name was John. We have seen this time after time. God sees and God cares. One of my favorite stories, this is a very tiny little story, and I told it many times. And one of my favorite stories is I, I went to um, Boston to, uh, with Pastor Shin and Pastor Carlos to a conference there. And we were having a healing seminar in the afternoon. Pastor Shin is healing seminar. I'm just helping on the side. There are about 70 kids in the room. About 30, 40 of them went out in front to receive prayers or by Pastor Shin. I'm in the back. I'm really looking at those kids who are in the back who are unengaged. They don't care. They're like, I don't know why I'm here. So I remember beginning to talk to one of the girls. I said, you know, don't, don't you want some prayers? No. So I talked to her a little bit. How are you? And how are you doing? And, and a thought came to me. God gave me a thought. Simply said, God likes your feet. God tells me he likes your feet. She looked at me. Begins just out of the sudden, she began to cry. And, and out of the blue. And she tells me, always hated my feet. I always ashamed of my feet. If, she, if God likes my feet, he must like me. That day I remember leading, talking to her and praying for her. She accepted Christ that day. As simple as that. God who sees, God who cares. It's, that's what it is, isn't it? God who sees, God who cares. Final thought is this. It ends the whole, the story ends with this. In verse 9, when she has found it, she calls together her friends and neighbors saying, Rejoice with me, for I have found the coin which I had lost. 
In the same way, I tell you, there is joy in the presence of the angels of God, meaning presence of God, over one sinner that repents. There is joy in heaven. Therefore, the, the story, the parable is saying, come and re rejoice with me because when a loss is found, there is shouting going on, there is celebration going on in heaven. God's heart is delighted more than anything else. This is the heart of God. When a lost, when a one who is, who does not who is lost, finds God, when they come to know God and, and find hope that is in God, they find their life in God, heaven roars. There is a sound of celebration going on. This has to, this is to be the celebration at any body of Christ, any church. People come to know Christ. God is saying, we, God is inviting us to be part of that. That's what God has done for us. And he is calling us to be part of that. You see, when, when the shepherd found the sheep, he says same thing. He says, rejoice with me. And the Bible says, in same way heaven rejoices. When, 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 the, when the son comes back, the father said, call, get the, get the calf and kill it. Let's celebrate. We must celebrate because my son was lost, is found. God is saying, rejoice. When a person comes to know Christ, find life in Christ, there is joy in heaven. This is the heart of God. This is why the Bible says, God so loved the world enough to give his one and only son. So whosoever believes in him shall not perish but have eternal life. This is God's desire. This is God's heart. This parable says, our God delights in, and he goes after a lost coin, lost sheep, lost son. And the, really God is inviting us to come and meet the Lord. Not only that, we, you said, you are invited in. Come and join in God's celebration. Go light the lamp. Go sweep the floor. Look for the coin. Go after the lost sheep. Go after the lost son. You will rejoice in, you will partner and you will join in God's celebration, God's heart. This is a time. This year, I believe God is saying, come, light the lamp, sweep the floor. But if you, now, having said that, every single one who is lost, every single one who is confused, God sees and cares. God wants you to come. Find his, find life that is in him. He's our God, our Lord. I don't know if I have time or not. It's just a, the, the story that I found. Do you think you can show the video? The last, uh, uh, last slide. How many of you, if you're old enough, you, have, you might have heard about this baby named Jessica. How many of you heard, uh, heard about baby named Jessica? You heard, Okay. In 18, 1987, 33 years, 33, 34 years ago, an 18-year-old baby was playing in the backyard in, in the house with a, with a brother and sister. The mom went into the house to make a phone call. And that baby fell into eight-inch wide in a thing and fell in and stuck about 22 feet deep. You know, and, so, and so they called in find all those things. Baby was stuck there for 56 hours. So the whole city came around to 
rescue that thing. So if, can you show that a little bit? What started as a child's innocent game turned into a child's terror and a marathon rescue effort to save her life. When we found out the local station had a live truck, we jumped on it. Little Jessica McClure was playing hide and seek. Jessica tumbled down a pipe and landed in a small area about a foot wide. She was trapped 20 feet underground. She's upset and crying. As long as she's crying, we know that we have a chance. It has gone frustratingly slow. When we got there, I started knocking on doors, and I would say, I'm Tony Clark from CNN. We're here to cover the rescue attempt of Jessica McClure. I need your help. We're trying to shoot over the fence. Do you have a ladder that we could use? You knock on another door and say, I hate to ask you this, but can I use your phone? That was the day before cell phones. Cameras and microphones have been dropped down. Jessica can be heard to call to her mother. You could not widen the well that she was in, and you couldn't come in at an angle. They drilled a shaft parallel to the one Jessica fell in. So what you had to do is drill a parallel well that someone could get through. The rescuers are making progress literally by inches. It was scary. For the second night, floodlights have lit the backyard. As the hours went on, you thought the chances of her surviving were less and less. A two-inch hole was drilled into the cavern where Jessica McClure has been trapped since Wednesday. They had sent a medical worker down who was going to recover. You could see the lines tightening, and so we knew it was going to happen. We're expecting to see Jessica just, just any moment now. She's alive, man. I was very fortunate during all of my years at CNN to cover a lot of interesting stories. You can see the enthusiasm, you could hear the applause. But this is one of those that is very special because it does have a happy ending. The applause for the paramedic who just... True story. When the baby, after 56 hours of rescue, after uh, 56 hours after she stuck there and the rescued, whole place erupted in celebrating. A celebration in heaven when a lost son, lost coin, and lost sheep is found. God delights and God celebrates. This is what Christ came for. That's what God has called us for. To seek and find the lost. This is who we are. This is who our God is. I want to invite you, I want you to pray and ask God to light the lamp. Ask God to guide you and lead you. So you can sweep the, sweep the house, look for the lost coin. You may look for the lost ones who are in, in confused or hurting, isolated. That's our God. That's our call. I'm going to have the praise team come.
think it was the last week, uh, some of the uh, Covenant Life Group leaders, we were chatting, and, and one of the, uh, one of the uh, Covenant uh, Life Group uh, leaders was saying how the neighbor was uh, sick and was ended up going to the hospital or not, and they began to talk with them, pray for them, and really connect with them. In every way, in any way, we connect and love those our neighbors, those around, even our workplace. We can really get to love people and share God's love with them that they may come to know Christ. That such a joy, such a uh, celebration that goes on in heaven. Let's come to God in prayer. Father, we're so thankful. We love you, God, for loving us. You gave your only son, Jesus Christ, who we are, us, who we are sinners who are lost. Lord God, that we may not perish. We may find life that is in you. We thank you for the salvation that is in Christ Jesus. We thank you for loving us, God. Thank you for calling us your sons and your daughters. Father, we come today. We have, we have glimpse of your heart. God, you came to save. You come to save. Seek and save the lost. This is in your heart, oh God. And Father, we want our hearts to be totally aligned with you. We want to love as you love. You, we ask you to break our hearts for the things that break your heart. Stir hearts for the things that stir your heart, God. See the lost ones. Find life that is in you. Find hope that is in you. Coming into the family of God. Father, we love you. We honor you. Let your light shine, God. Use this, Father, that your love may go forth, your gospel may go forth. Our neighbors, our friends, and our co-workers may find life and hope that is in you, God. So we give you glory. In the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, we pray.